Ronda Rousey is a mixed martial artist and an Olympic champion in judo. I probably don't need to tell this group that. I can tell you are ultimate fighting champion people. You look like a people who probably get tickets and they're right there, aren't you? For a long time, Ronda Rousey was the undefeated women's bantamweight champion of the world in the ultimate fighting championship. She's brash. She's tough. She's skilled. You don't mess with her. Kind of like Jackie Longmore. You don't mess with her. (laughs) Rousey's become quite a well-known personality. She's being cast now in commercials and has roles in film. Rousey was unbeatable. Uh, she, wouldn't just, she wouldn't just win her matches, but she would finish off opponents in the first round in a matter of seconds. She was dominant. So when she lost last November in the UFC match, the UFC world was just shocked. Ronda Rousey was shocked. She's 29 years old. She is in the prime of her career. Shortly after losing, she was interviewed on uh, the Ellen DeGeneres show, which I understand is a popular daytime talk show. Uh, And with brutal honesty, Rousey shared that as she sat in the medical room after that fight, sitting on the table after she'd lost her title, she was beat up really good. She thought to herself, she said this, what am I anymore if I'm not this? Literally sitting there thinking about killing myself. In that exact second, I'm like, I'm nothing. What do I do anymore? No one cares about me anymore without this. You have to feel compassion for anybody who feels that despairing of their life at that time at any time. And we're thankful that Ronda Rousey didn't, continued to feel like that, and she didn't act out on those thoughts. Her identity was totally defined by her being a championship fighter and the way that she performed. And when that didn't go well, she just couldn't see past the darkness of losing to the point where she didn't even want to live. What tells you who you are? Who tells you who you are? Our identity is vastly important. Our identity gives us value. Our social media accounts, we have to do a profile, uh, forces us to ask and answer, who am I? People who went to the caucuses and stood in line this week had to present an ID before they could do that. You go to the airport, even before you go through security, you've got to show an ID. This is who I am. Um, We use a credit card, they may ask, for our ID. Makeover shows have experts that come and they will transform someone's personal style or their home or their body and to show who this person is. People get tattoos to say something about who they are, a way of establishing their identity. Tattoos give people a chance to tell their story in a permanent way. We use all kinds of things to anchor our identity. It can be our family. It can be our job. It can be our uh, vocation. It can be material things like a car or a house. 
Today we're attracted to phrases like our authentic and true self. Do you ever hear that? The authentic and true self. Because we want to know who our true self is. We want to know who we are and we're searching for a story to live in. But this world is is so fragmented and it's so chaotic. Things are changing so rapidly that we just don't have any sense of permanence. A couple of years ago, an article in the Atlantic Monthly about tattoos and identity, it was called the Identity Crisis Under the Ink, said, tattoos give people a way to prove themselves and to others that a changing world is no match for them. We all need stability. We all need predictability. We all need permanence. And what or who is big enough, what or who is permanent and stable enough to tell us who we are and what we are? And when things are unpredictable, when things are unstable, when things are painful, what then? Now, why talk about this on Easter, on Resurrection Sunday, when... The story we're supposed to be hearing is the story of Jesus Christ. Because the identity of the Christian is found in him and in his story. And baptism is the marking. You can call it a spiritual tattoo, if you would, of our being in him. And this morning, I want to pick one place where the implications of the resurrection are spelled out for us. Paul writes, we've been buried with Christ into death in order that we might rise with him and walk in a new type of life. We become united to Christ in a death like his so that we can share in a resurrection like his. What Paul calls the old self, our untrue, our inauthentic self, dies And the new person in Christ rises alive to God. Our new self doesn't get a makeover expert. It happens when God touches us in the very core of our being, in our souls. If you want to know how Jesus' resurrection is relevant to you, just consider your baptism. Baptism is a sign and a seal of our union with Christ. Jesus commanded all people who are his disciples to be baptized. It's a mark of identity, of belonging to him. Baptism dramatizes our identification with Christ. Baptism is how our story gets caught up in his story and life. But baptism is not just a picture of who we are in Christ. It is who we are in Christ. For the disciple of Jesus, baptism tells us who we are. You may fail, you may lose, you may struggle, you may doubt. But you are God's and his claim on you is fixed. People have big theological debates about whether baptism is about our experience and our coming to Christ or Is it more about what he's done and merely submitting to that? Well, our experience is important. But it's not the defining factor of being united with Christ. Baptism is shaped more by God's act than my experience or my feeling. The spiritual life 
the Christian life is not just a matter of experience, but it's one of faith. As Christians, we don't live primarily in an experience. We don't. Uh, Some days, my experience of Christ is absolutely zero, at least from my perspective. But that's the beauty of our identity in Jesus. It doesn't depend on our experience. As Christians, we will experience Christ's love. We'll experience his goodness. We'll experience his discipline. We'll experience his guidance. But our experience or our lack of that is not what defines us. We do live in an event. The event is the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We don't make our way. He has made the way. Think of it like this. Our identity as Americans would not exist unless there had been a revolutionary war, a declaration of independence written and signed, and, and the things in and around 1776. The American Revolution is the event that defines us. No revolution, we aren't Americans. You can drape yourself in an American flag, you can sing all the verses of the Star-Spangled Banner, but that isn't what makes us an American. You are either born into or transferred into citizenship, and that is only because of an event that gave birth to this nation. Our identity as Christians is only as good as the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And just like other events in time and in history, it's been proclaimed by the witnesses to him. Uh, Another example. When two people are married, something really happens to change their status. It may take a lifetime of experience and reflection and learning to find the meaning of that event, but the reality is their status isn't determined by, their, determined by their feelings or their belief at the time of their marriage, however great that might be. When they got married, their identity was changed to become a husband or a wife. In baptism, something really happens to us. We are fused with Christ, Paul says. We are grafted into Christ. We are incorporated into Christ. Verse 3 says we're baptized into Christ Jesus. Verse 5, united with him. There's a phrase in the Bible, it it appears 171 times, in Christ. And Paul is the only one who uses it. Some people think he came up with it. You know, Jews never have, nor would they speak of being in Moses or in Abraham. But we are in Christ. Because Jesus Christ is more than a man who just once lived on earth and is now in heaven. He is alive and risen and present and is known to hearts and lives that receive him in faith. While he was imprisoned by the Nazis, Patrick Dietrich, uh, Pastor Dietrich Bonhoeffer composed a very poignant poem where he asked the question of himself. He was struggling, as you can imagine, sitting in a Nazi prison. He said, who am I? He struggled with his value. He struggled with his life circumstances. And he struggled with and wondered whether what, he was, what others told him he was 
which was calm and friendly and seeming to be strong um, in his imprisonment. And he wrote, am I really what others say of me or am I only what I know of myself? And he felt restless. He felt melancholy as he said, struggling for breath as if hands clasped my throat, tired and empty at praying, at thinking, at doing, drained, ready to say goodbye to it all. He wondered if it was worth going on. And he asked himself, he writes, am I one person today and another tomorrow? Am I both at once, in front of others, a hypocrite? And then to myself, contemptible, a fretting, weakling, who am I? These lonely questions mock me. And then his last line, whoever I am, you know, O God, I am yours. Every morning, every person, I should say, every person since that morning of resurrection, people have identified with Jesus by being baptized to dramatize their identification with him and as a way of saying, I am yours. Our old self is crucified. The new self rises. We're no longer a slave to sin. We're now dead to sin and alive to God in Jesus Christ. But that old self is fiercely jealous, isn't he? Oh yeah, we feel the struggle and the temptations that come to our hearts and to our minds. We sometimes carry the guilt of being much less than we know we should be as faithful followers of the Lord. But you know, the real Christian life always has one foot in the old life and one foot in the new life. And we know there's that pull. On the one direction, there's the pull of that old nature. The other pull is that renewed life in Christ, which is the stronger force. You see, the life of Jesus is one of becoming. It's a day-to-day transformation. It's taking place. Sometimes it's hard to see. But the Christian life is more than a one-time event. And to live in a way that does not honor God, that's not our true self. That is somebody else, not us. There are times that self will call out to us. We need to call back. That's not who I am. I belong to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, who's transformed me with His life. And baptism comes with a call to that transformed life. Another way Paul put it in his letter to the Colossians. So if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. Martin Luther said, the Christian life is nothing less than a daily baptism. Once begun, always continued. Jesus died, and he rose again. And every Christian follows his pattern. We come to an awareness. We are awakened by his grace about what he's done for us. And we make a decision about who we belong to, which tells us who we are. And we follow in his life, one of love, one of compassion, one of obedience, one of self-service and giving. And the waters of baptism declare who we are and whose we are. Christians make the bold claim when they do that in front of everybody. I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we are into the water or under the water. You may be sitting here today. You're bloodied. You're beat up. 
you're sitting on that table in that medical room and you are just saying to yourself, what am I anymore if I'm not this? I'm nothing. Or you may find yourself there someday because we all get knocked out and hit the mat at some point. We have set out on a path which follows Jesus Christ. We rely on the Holy Spirit to navigate the rough terrain and the smooth terrain of that walk. And I'd like to tell you that a life of a disciple of Jesus Christ is without risk and is immune to the wrath of the evil one. But whether it's the streets of Paris or Brussels, or whether it's the daily circumstances of your life, the evil one will spew poison into and is doing that in God's creation, which belongs to God, but it won't be forever. The evil one has lost. Jesus Christ is the victor. And it is Jesus Christ who's won the battle already. Raised from the dead and death no longer has mastery over him. And all who follow him into a baptism like his, a death like his, will be given a resurrection life like his. And the beauty of our identity in Christ is that when we lose, when we are knocked out, when we're no longer the champion. We're still loved. We're still valued. We still belong to Him. Even when we're taken out of this life, which will happen, we have life forever with Him. But we are never nothing. Who we are is in Him. The life of Jesus Christ, his resurrection, is the event that defines us, not our successes, not our failures. If you get promoted, you are in him. If you lose your job, you are in him. If you become rich, you are in him. If you become poor, you are in him. If you have the happiest marriage in the world, you are in him. If you face the rejection and the pain of a spouse who abandons you, you are in him. If you don't get into the school or the program you wanted, you're in him. If you make all the goals for the team, you're in him. If you don't even make the team, you belong to him. If you're at the peak of life, or if you're aging and feel like, well, you're just on the decline now, you're in him. If you feel like nothing could be going better for you in your life, or if you feel like nothing could be worse right now, you're in Him. Political persuasion doesn't define you. Socioeconomic status doesn't define you. Your resume doesn't define you. Whatever they say about you, whoever they are, they don't define you. You're in Him. Because in your baptism, you're dead to sin and you're alive to God in Christ Jesus. You will someday literally be raised by Him. But until then, you are forgiven by Him. Your sin is cleansed by Him. You are a child of God. You are inhabited by the Holy Spirit and you live in a story of hope and resurrection. That story is about the resurrection of the body and life in Christ, not spiritual perfection. You are chosen, 
You are called, you are named by God, and you are baptized into a death. And all the necessary and the unnecessary losses in your life, both small and great, have a new name because of his name. And your identity is primarily not your job or your education or your nationality or your social status. You are named by God. Your primary identity is as one who belongs to the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Whoever I am, you know, O God, I am yours. We can do this. If you can't see it, we have a pool of water up here. We can do this because he came out of the grave. 